0: Son, you're listening to Chris and John on the Bad Jerusalem Podcast. That's the bottom line because Tom Cole so. Hey, fucks. And yeah, you're fucks. Uh, flying solo this week. Uh, no John. He is uh, busy doing anything else. So uh, I'm just going to do a quick solo podcast. It's not going to be a full-length feature, I don't think. But we'll just touch on some news and some happenings. Uh, last week, uh, last Wednesday, I was at the TD Garden in Boston for Dynamite. Saw the Blood and Guts match. Saw the uh, the end of Hooks FTW title reign. So I got to see the beginning and end of it. Uh, lost it to Jungle Boy or Jack Perry now. And Britt Baker was also in a match that was short and sweet. Uh, well, it was short. <laughs> uh, MJF and Adam Cole continue to do their uh, I guess it's wrestling. I guess it's a tag team wrestling shtick, but it's very little wrestling and more about the Gaga that goes along with it. And FTR came out and had like a posed on with them, And then that was that. And then the Blood Guts match happened. So I thought it was awesome. I was there. Um, Bad guys won the coin toss, so they got to come up first. So they always had the advantage. Uh, I listened to Jim Cornette talk about it and he... uh, he seemed to be, like, really grasping at straws for uh, reaching for ways to complain about it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, he was like, oh, oh, we we're, Wheeler Useless came out during Kota Ibushi's entrance and, and tacked him on the ramp. And then after the, after Pac was trying to leave, he had to get bolt cutters. So why did that happen? And I'm like, well, when a guy's making his entrance, they unlock the cage so he can get in. And then they relock it once he's in the cage. So once the ref unlocked the cage, Willow to left and went to attack him, and then once Kodobushi was in the match, they relocked the cage. So what does that mean? It means that uh, Jim Cornette does not know how cage doors open in matches. Uh, it also means that. Meeting needing bolt cutters to get out of the cage, like, played into how they open doors for cage matches. So, this is kind of dull. Uh, you, you can listen to it if you want, but honestly, I'll spare you some time. Uh, Jim Cornette complained about the entire thing, and then Brian Last, who has no spine, just agreed with everything he had to say. And so, there, I saved you 20 minutes. Um, but I thought it was awesome. Uh, my favorite spot of the match was they did four superplexes off each of the, uh, the hard camera turnbuckles, and then Pock did a diving stomp through a table in the middle. I was like, ah, oh, that, was, that was pretty cool to see. Um, lots of glass, lots of tacks. They had a nail spike board. Yes, it was filed down, so nobody got impaled. It was just, they looked, they looked bad, though. Uh, by bad, I mean, like, rough to take. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a, a great night. Uh, I stayed for the Battle Royal afterwards, but. Um, they took a while. It probably took about half an hour after the cage was the cage match was over before they were, like, done setting up for Rampage. And that was probably like, another 10 minutes before Rampage even started. So it was probably, like, close to, like, 35, 40 minutes bef- between the cage match and when Rampage started. They changed the rope colors. So I only stayed for the Battle Royal. And then once Darby won, I booked it out of there. And overall, it was a good night. I uh, really enjoyed myself. I wish AEW would end shows sooner so more people could stick around for the matches after Dynamite when they're in Boston, because anyway, the, the, they shut the trains down at like eleven or twelve, so people are like, panicking to get out of there uh, after Dynamite. The place was probably like three quarters full. The top half of the balcony facing like on the camera side was uh, that was uh, that was empty, but like from the other half on the hard camera side was pretty full, so overall it was a good crowd. <laughs> not as Obviously not as big as uh, Survivor Series, which I think was a sellout, but um, it was a good match and I had fun watching it live. have never seen a War Games match live. I saw or, or Blood and Guts live, I should say. Um, I saw uh, Lethal Lockdown in 2008 in Lowell. Same idea, but it was just one ring, not two. Uh yeah, I had a great time So that was that Staying on wrestling um, Kind of wrestling adjacent into sports um, Bronnie James suffered cardiac arrest This morning, it's Tuesday um, Right around 4.20 We're recording this Or I'm recording this And Bronnie James had cardiac arrest At USC practice And, uh, you know, it's sad You know, you hate to see a young kid Dealing with something like that That's awful But former WWE backstage correspondent, uh, Charlie Caruso, who was turned uh, right-wing grifter, um, came out and said, like, oh, it was the vaccine that did it to him. (sighs) So rather than respond to her claims, I'm just going to explain right-wing grifting to you and how it works. Basically, it centers around, like, celebrity or quasi-celebrity. Republicans always say they hate celebrities, but... They always keep their eye on them too, so they're like quasi obsessed with them. So anyone with like any notoriety at all, um, talking from a low level podcaster to actors, famous people, etc. It all comes down to money. Um, Right wing media is very well funded. You have a lot of backers. You have the Peter Thiels of the world, the Mercer family, the Koch family. Uh, and a whole slew of others who are far-right, uh, anti-government, um, and, and, and they'll, they raise these culture wars to convince their base, to like, oh, it's, it's not us that's rubbing the blind, it's, it's the other. So it's all, it all comes down to fear. So, but like I said, they are kind of quasi-obsessed with like celebrity and status, and so they're always looking to recruit people. And so like, um, Charlie Caruso is now a Fox News correspondent, uh, formally of ESPN and WWE and um, basically what what happened was, yeah, she started spouting out this right wing, all these right wing talking points basically. She's adopted those um, as her thought, or her ideology going forward. Uh, but there's like pictures of her and she always gets sort of like mobbed with this picture. She was wearing a shirt that said like, you could be uh, like homophobic, transphobic, misogynistic, racist, etc. Or you could be quiet. Um, so it's like people are being like, oh, what a fall from grace this lady had. And, but like I said, it, it, it doesn't matter to her. She it's It came down to money. Um, and so I'm sure making the jump from whatever she believed before to a hard right, um, like quasi-fascist, uh, doesn't believe in science ideology probably wasn't that difficult for given the paycheck she was receiving so we're not talking about like tens of thousands we're talking about like seven figures here we're talking there's a lot of money behind this like i said these are billionaires who are funding these sort of culture war things to keep people preoccupied with basically manufactured problems so nobody catches wind but they are reaping the benefits of a government that caters to only to them. I'm not going to go into it, but, you know, it's, it's fairly obvious what's going on here. Um, but that's right-wing grifting. Basically, it's very well-funded by people who are billionaires and have a ton of money and want to keep that money to themselves and make more money, and basically everyone else can go screw themselves. So they give these people money, and whatever their beliefs were prior to this, they just... Say whatever. We're making a, a a right hand, a far right turn, and the the paycheck makes up for the the loss of soul. And so, with these anti vaxxers they're been, like it's all been disproven. There's an H bomber guy video. I, I recommend you check out on YouTube if you want to hear more about anti vaxxers and what they believe in and how they believe it and why it's all bullshit. Um, it's all debunked. Um, but. They're just conspiracy theorists at heart. So um, it all comes down to money. And so with these people, like the anti-trans movement, the anti-vax movement, pretty much there's like just like a, a one circle from like anti-vaxxers to the anti-trans. Uh, next up, I have no idea what their next target's going to be. I think the anti-trans movement's going to stick around through the 2024 election just because they found something that works on centrists um trans people you don't see them very much very often so a lot of centrists have no experience with them so fearmonger against those people being like oh they're unknown you don't see them Uh, but they're doing all the scary stuff that you don't see and so they're trying to scare people to get an emotional reaction out of them and that's basically what's going on with um with that movement but it's working um they tried it with black people they tried it with muslims mexicans uh, gay people. It's all its all the same sort of regurgitated propaganda. And so that's that's what she belongs to now. So next time you hear her say anything about anything, just keep that in mind that she's being paid to say that. Uh, her words are for sale. And she's spouting awful things because someone awful is funding her. to Paying her to say those things. So that's all I really have to say about that and how it works. So um, yeah. Uh, you can learn more about it on the interwebs if you want, but uh, who knows? You might go down a bad rabbit hole. But uh, I'm going to pull up the Red Sox information right now because Red Sox are in an interesting position. They're playing the Braves today, which they're, the Braves are the best team in baseball, if you don't know. Braves are 64 and 34, um, number one in the NL East by 11 and a half games, number one in the league, best record in the league. Uh, second place to them, though, in the whole entire league, National and American League, the Baltimore Orioles insane uh but the red Sox are nine games back from them at 53 and 47 so they're pretty good record uh you know six games above 500 uh they're tied with the yankees record wise but uh they're in fifth place because the yankees have the head-to-head uh on them and i think might have something to do with home games yankees might have more home games i'm I'm not sure how those tie-breaking procedures work but the yankees are technically ahead of them um even though they're tired they're both nine games back they're both 53 and 47 yankees are playing the mets who are in last place in the nl east red sox are playing the yankees which are first place in the nl east so i'm expecting the the yankees to start to pull ahead a little bit from the red sox um after the series but the red sox again at 53 and 47 are possibly the best last place team ever um They are still in it for the wild card. Right now, the Rays and the Astros. Rays, Astros, and Blue Jays are the wild card teams right now. So they're only two and a half games out of a wild card. So they're still very much in it. So are the Yankees. Um, The whole AL East is in it. So tough division, but really good stuff coming from the Red Sox so far. I mean, again, I expect them to lose uh against the Braves lose that series they lost a few games against the, the athletics which you can't do um they they did take care of business against the Mets which was nice but losing to the athletics is, is a bad look um, especially around the trade deadline because yes questions about like who you are etc cetera, etc cetera. um moving on to the NFL the running back situation is taking Uh, another turn today I'm just pulling up the news right now so running backs had a zoom call to sort of talk about what's going on with the position right now because again it's being undervalued by teams uh, in favor of running back by committee Uh, but Saquon Barkley did sign a one year deal for 11 million Um, so he's back to the Giants he'll be in preseason all that Uh, let me see here we have Jonathan Taylor was part of that. Uh, Nick Chubb was part of the, the Zoom call, but uh, he has a deal through this year. He's just worried about his future next year. Um, so it's interesting to see where the running back situation goes. I think things are going to pers- persist this way for running backs, unfortunately. Um, it's become a more pass heavy league, um, and not by like a 1% difference, it's several percentages a lot of teams you know uh, they they did a study like 2003 only three teams passed 60% of the time and last year uh, they they looked at it and over 10 teams did so it's becoming a, a much more uh, throwing league than it was a running league from years past uh, the bell cow runner is being replaced by um, committee just because durability concerns injury Common things like that, where it's like, okay, but shouldn't you pay these guys if they're a higher, if there's a higher incentive of getting injured? (laughs) Shouldn't that factor into their compensation? Um, That's what I feel about it anyway. So, uh, but I think you're going to see the league keep on depreciating the value of running backs um, to the point where maybe guys, I, I think there's a a lot of them coming out of college and go, trying to make their way into the NFL, and they may they might have a surplus of running backs. So I think that factors into it. So I think over the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot fewer people in college go for running back because they don't want to be stuck in that position. They're going to be trying out for receiver, and if they get stuck in running back, they you know they'll probably hate it. And uh, so I think you'll see the dy- dynamic of the league change to. Uh, react to what the owners are doing with paying running backs right now, which is, I think you're going to see fewer running backs, fewer people want to take those risks and uh, we might be missing out on some great players like, you know, how Derek Henry's uh, almost like a generational running back at this point Um, so you might be missing out on those types of players in favor of them being like tight ends in the future instead of running backs, so we'll see where that goes, but it's a Interesting, to say the least. And I guess the last thing I'll touch on this week is figures. We had San Diego Comic-Con, um, this past week. And last year, Mattel and WWE knocked it out of the park. They had some of the best, uh, one of the best years I've ever seen. And Jazzwares didn't have too, too much I was interested in, if anything. Um... So this year was a little closer. Jazz Rares actually had some cool stuff to put out, but again, Mattel ran away with it. It wasn't as bad as it was, or, or as, as crazy as it was last year for Mattel WWE figures, but there was a lot of good stuff that happened. Um, so starting off with AEW first and foremost, um, we're getting a Ring of Honor set, and that will include the Briscoes, the uh, Briscoes, Brian Danielson's Ring of Honor run uh, Claudio Castagnoli's Ring of Honor run and Kenny Omega will be part of that as well so they they all have sort of rough if you go to Ringside Collectibles Instagram you can sort of see the uh, the rundown of it oh there's a two pack of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly from Ring of Honor as well so interesting I, I missed that I just saw that right now so yeah, Ring of Honor, uh, retro style figures. They're still, I mean, like they're, they're, the, the unrivaled, um, elite style figures, but they're just, uh, of the Ring of Honor era of their careers. So that's cool. We got a CM Punk Supreme coming out with the belt. That looks good. Um, you for one of the next, uh, unrivaled lines. It might be a trios pack. You get, uh, Pack with the, I guess it's Atlantic now international belts and then you have uh, the Lucha Bros with him with the trios titles. So that's a cool three pack. You get like all those belts. I think that's the first time the uh, international belts been in the line. We get another Supreme uh, Malachi Black. Again, looks really cool. Um, what else do we get? for more AEW stuff before I move over to WWE because that's the bulk of it. So I guess Jazz Wears has uh, Brody King coming out uh, eventually. They got a new Mr. Brody Lee with the, the blue uh, the blue suit. They uh, got a Sting Ring with a uh, like face uh weird face paint sting it might have been when he they faced house of black he's in a coffin um so that looks cool they've done a really good job with the sting figures and oh they have a Danhausen ringside exclusive um they have a bunny figure coming out hook with the ftw title uh sammy guevara's got a new figure coming out i'll talk about this for a little bit um, he has the TNT title and the Rusev TNT title. And my question is, like, why couldn't they have Rusev come with the Rusev TV title? Like, a, Rusev's had, I think, two figures now, and this is Sammy's fourth or fifth. And, yeah, I don't know. Uh, like, it's a good figure. I'm not taking anything away from the figure. I just don't like putting someone's TNT belt in someone else's figure. It's It's almost like... You're taking money away from Rusev or, or Miro to give to Sammy. I don't know. It's, it's just weird how they're doing that. Um, new FDR figures. So, yeah, n- nothing like crazy coming from, from AEW, Ring of Honor, Jazzwares, but good stuff nonetheless, I think. But flipping over to the Mattel WWE side, just tons... Tons of figures stuff coming out, so I'll tra- sort of stick with the, the newer announced stuff and gloss over other stuff. A lot of returning uh, ultimates, so they have the Stone Cold, Bret Hart, and uh, other. Uh, uh, there are a few like ultimate reissues coming out. So if you didn't get them the first time around, you can get them this time. Same figure, it looks like. Uh, it's the black Bret Hart uh, figure, not the pink one that just came out. Uh, which are basically the same thing. But the Austin Ultimate Edition comes with the blue Big Eagle belt. So um, good, really good figure if you missed the first time, like I said, jump on this. There is an RVD Ultimate and a Brock Lesnar uh, First Run Ultimate coming out. Um, so if you didn't get those figures, the Elites last time around, these would be good figures to consider. RVD comes with the Spinner Belt and Brock comes with the Undisputed uh, Belt. Then we have a WCW Piper Ultimate and an NWO Eric Bischoff Ultimate. So those look really good. I'll probably have to scoop those up. Um, There's a Scott Hall WCW Nitro debut figure. Um, There is who's wearing, like, the the Canadian tuxedo. And there's a Hogan three-pack, which is 1986 Hulk Hogan. Uh, He's got blue... Trunks and boots, red knee pads, red shirt, biting the headband with the 86-era belt, 86 80 era, um There's a Hollywood Hogan, and then there's a 2002-2003 Hulk Still Rules era Hogan. That's a three-pack coming out. Tons of Hogan's. There's another four-pack, which is already on store shelves, which is 84 Hogan with the big green belt. Uh, Rock's debut Awesome 316 arrow, two knee pads, and Becky Lynch four pack. So, kind of a weird one. There is a 1998, 1999 corporate rock ultimate coming out with the tracksuit. Uh, one of the heads is him being squished by the uh, <laughs> the pallet <laughs> and the uh, empty arena match. Uh, Ted DiBiase ultimate, no, not ultimate uh, elite. Uh, Greg Valentine rhythm and blues. 99 Corporate Triple H uh, Yellow Singlet Mr. Perfect and White Suit Ted DiBiase Chase for an Elite Legends line. Another Elite Legends line which looks like to be a reissue was Honky Talk Man uh, Heart Foundation Bulldog R- Rumble 91 uh, Ultimate Warrior with the Purple Belt and Terry Funk with the 99 ECW Belt. Not the belt he held but a WCW era Jimmy Hart with the Hulk stuff on it. Uh, Natural Disasters with the tag titles. We have, uh, Brother Brutai with a silver tag title, it looks like. And then, uh, Jimmy Snooker with Boots. That must have been from his, like, 91-ish run. Maybe his independent run in WF, I'm not sure. Um, Issues of 2010s figures. We got a uh, Bray Wyatt, our uh, uh, truth Seth Rollins tag title, Shield, and Roddy Piper from They Live. That's getting reissued. Uh, uh, Randy Orton Ultimate with the tag belt. Kurt Angle has an Ultimate Edition coming out where he, this one's really good. It's when he first won the WWF title, so there's one of him crying. You can put that head on, have him kneeling down, holding up the belt like he was, or you can just have the, the straps up, normal head. Um, yeah, so that one looks good. Dominic Mysterio is getting an, Elth- or an Elite. Um, Shirai, Braun Scroll in. Carmelo Hayes is getting in, uh, an elite, so that's good. Scott Steiner's elite shown. Uh, LA Knight's first in the line coming out. We get the Muhammad Ali 2-pack from San Diego's Comic-Con, which I'm going to skip. I don't do that this year, but they'll look good figures. Uh, Roddy Piper and George Steele, uh, Coliseum elites coming out. Uh, Bret Hart and Jim nagel Hart, Coliseum elites. Those are the LJN figures being repurposed as elites. Uh, superstars the AWA Remco style figures uh, we've got uh, Bam Bam uh, Captain Lou that's who Andre uh, uh, Terry Jean boy, if you're nasty and Doink coming up for that line Wrestlemania 1 uh, retros again we've got a Hogan Wendy Richter uh, Muhammad Ali and Big John stud, so I'm going to get that one for sure. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Got another Pat McAfee figure coming out. Get some two packs, some championship two packs. These look interesting. Um, good way to get figures for cheap. With they come with belts. Get an Austin Triple H with T-shirts from 2001 from their feud. Um and from the two-man power trip. We got uh AJ Styles and Kevin Owens with the US belt, the new US belt, so um if you don't have that belt that might be worth considering. And then you got Roman and uh Logan Paul with the uh blue universal belt. We also have Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley with the WWE belt, the R- uh, the now RIP World Heavyweight Belt. Um that was just recent well, Roman's still got it and he's carrying it around but it's the, the gold backing for that belt now get the winged eagle with Shawn Michaels and British Bulldog and then you have the Smackdown women's with uh, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey uh, what else do we have anything else noteworthy that I think attention should be drawn to and it's got a basic and an elite oh so <laughs> yeah, there's a good one we got Terry Bam Bam Gordy, a.k.a. the uh, the Masked Assassin, I think his name was. What was it? Might have been the Destroyer, I forget. Um. But, yeah, Terry Gordy, Assassin. I think it was the Assassin. Um. That, that figure's coming out. Chelsea Green Elite. Looks like a 2000s era Rey Mysterio, SmackDown, like Cruiserweight. Um. You get the, uh, whatchamacallit, Whites Out, dark. the dark match with Bray Wyatt. That's an ultim- two ultimates that are coming out. There's one of him in, like the purple paint, and then there's a normal-ish one. Uh, DX Retro uh, coming out, which is Alt- New Age Outlaws, Road Dog and Billy, China, and Triple H. No uh, X-Pac, he came with the NWO series. Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Reissue, which I think is the might be WrestleMania 8 figure. It might be SummerSlam 92. A little unsure. sure. Uh, it's got the jacket tight. It's not a singlet. So I'm not, it's, it says Halloween Havoc 98. So I was way off. So yeah, it's Halloween Havoc 98, Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Edition. We also have Vader, Undertaker, uh, Paul Bear and Jerry Lawler Retro 4-Packs, so three 4-Packs announced this one, and oh yeah, we have a uh, Bruno San Martino uh, Legends, so that's coming back. So yeah, that's about, I mean, there's several other Hogan's that I could talk about if you really want me to, but I'm not going to. So that was basically San Diego Comic-Con's WWE figures. Uh, not as good as last year, but still very good. Um, Jazwares was much better than it was last year, so, um, but still not as good as Mattel was. So, yeah, Mattel's definitely got this on the lock. They know what they're doing. Um, Jazz Wear is getting better, so that's good to see. Um, I'm looking at Ringside Collectibles Instagram, which is just Ringside Ringside C on Instagram. Oh, so yeah, I forgot to mention the best thing. There is a WrestleMania 10 ladder match two-pack with Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels that comes with two IC belts. The box itself, though, opens up like the WrestleMania 10 doors do. Um, Really good stuff on this one, so I'm definitely going to get that that, whenever that's available. Um, It's a two-pack, so it'll be a little costly, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to end the podcast here. Uh, I don't know. I'll think of a song.